Hello, and thanks for speaking with me. I appreciate it. How are you guys doing today? Splendid. Awesome. I'm doing good, thanks. Pretty good, pretty good. Can we please go around and have you guys introduce yourselves? Tell me what you do in the band and tell me a fun fact about you. My name is Tristan. I am one singer and I play guitar. And I like seltzer, apparently. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> All right, Anthony. Uh, okay, yeah, I'm Anthony. I play guitar and I also sing uh, in La Band. And um, fun fact. Yeah, I have nothing. I'm Caleb. I play bass in the band. And during this quarantine, I have clocked 250 hours into The Legend of Zelda. So there's my fun fact. About Tom. Yeah, we've been going crazy. <laughs> Alright, uh, I'm John, I'm the drummer, and as of two days ago, I have a nephew. Uncle John. Uncle. We have an uncle in the band. <laughs> the other day, Tristan said, we have an uncle in the band, we've made it. <laughs> okay, I'm going to ask a question everyone hates. Can you please tell me how you guys met? <clears throat> Um, What's the earliest one? Is it you and Tristan? The earliest one is me and Tristan. So me and Tristan met in middle school. We were in like the same homeroom and we were buds ever since. <laughs> Word. Yeah. And we didn't, we didn't start off playing music together or anything. Uh, we were just friends and we'd hang out. We played a lot of video games together. And yeah, Tristan... I'd probably say Rock Band is yeah. like one of those big catalysts. Yeah, Rock Band. Really got things swinging. Guitar <laughs> hero, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and then, then it was me, right? Probably. No, it was me. I, was I, it? He, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you were there a while ago. Me and Tristan oh, and Caleb. Caleb was with another Shit. band. This was years ago. We were like 17. And we're like... Mm -hmm. So I was 17, I'm 21 now, so that was like four years ago. And Caleb is playing with his other band at this like open mic in Newburgh, New York. And me and Tristan weren't even in a band together yet. No, um, you weren't. That's right. So we met Caleb through the open mic, but you know, they're just another group of dudes our age that were playing music and doing the same thing we were doing. And Yeah. And, and then it wasn't until like years later that we actually clicked and started to play music together. Yeah. It, everything kind of like fell into place. And then John, we met John at this, like, house show sort of thing. It was like a garage show. Also, like, a festival. Yeah. Kind of festival yeah. styled. There was, like, 13 bands. I don't even remember. Yeah. that It was, like, a teenage uh, garage show festival. And it was, it was cool. It was very punk. And John was playing with another band. Yeah, there were two of these. Two bands, yeah. So, yeah. so John was playing with a bunch of different bands. He's, he's like, a filthy drummer, like, in a good way. Thank you. And at this point, me and John, not me and John, me and Tristan were like doing duo acoustic sort of thing. And I was sitting on a cajon and like using a foot pedal and a tambourine to kind of add percussion, like my sad attempt at getting drums in, in the van because we were looking for members. And uh, we met John and somehow like things just kind of clicked. We wanted him to fill in for bass for some shows. And then during a rehearsal, uh, he was playing bass or whatever, and the guy who's drumming left, and then John hopped on the drums, and he just like 
he was just like he was he was in a whole other world so we were like we we're like john 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 listen to this song john john <laughs> it was it was like it was one of the funnest rehearsals we've had in like a long was, time where that time yeah that was honestly really fun we were just running through stuff like just throwing songs at me learning them like on the spot by ear just running through whatever we could just it was it was really interesting and it, it actually it, it sounded a lot better than we thought it would yeah it was it was a beautiful thing and um it, even then it wasn't like the it wasn't like all right you're the drummer in this band now because he was still playing with other bands and stuff it was like sort of like a fill-in basis but and not bassist like like the instrument bass but like on a basis like it, the, the status yeah. of his involvement was like the position you know, was up in the air after yeah, that rehearsal. Yeah. it was just like all right we still have stuff to figure out obviously we need to figure out what's going to go on yeah now. and and me and tristan didn't harp on it too much and like as we got more gigs and as we started like doing more things there was just more opportunities to be like hey john you know you want to come and play and then after john came that's when Caleb started playing with us because then we needed a bassist. Yes. Caleb is a guitarist that we we in uh, Greenhouse Lake. Shout out Greenhouse Lake. But, yeah. but at this point, they weren't Greenhouse Lake yet. No, we were. They were they were the absolute zeros. Yes, and but that has nothing to do with us. It was about when you picked me up to play bass. <laughs> yeah. I've never played a bass, and then I just hopped on for you, and it was it was really fun. Yeah, because the thing was, me and Caleb were going to college together, so we were we'd see each other like every day, and he would tell me about what his band was doing. I would tell him about what what we're doing, mm-hmm. and eventually he's just like, I kept showing him demos. I was just like, listen to this, man, listen. I'm so excited, and then it just got to a point where he was just like, why don't you have a basis yet? He's like, I'll fill in, and then the fill in spots turned into like, well, we had a lot of fun playing together, and you know the shows that we were playing were really fun especially the house shows so now it's just a you know it's just the thing that it's just the thing can you tell me how you picked your respective instruments ooh plural i guess let's do this in the same order as the introductions we know how Caleb got on on the bass yes <laughs> yeah, that was established john i think john's more interesting i think his is it is... all right yeah, uh, it is yeah. everyone well, john can play anything just yeah, so everybody I, knows. Do, I do play pretty much <laughs> everything in a standard rock band. I mean, my whole family is was kind of full of musicians. My dad had played guitar. My older brother played guitar, and he's really great at piano. And I was just I was always around a lot of music and everything. And I was just like, well, I want to do something, but I want to do something different. So I begged my dad to get me a drum set for like my eighth or ninth birthday, and I played it for like a year. And then stopped for about four for no reason. Honestly, I don't even know. And then when I jumped back into it, I just kept playing the drums because there's no one playing the drums in my family. It was just a spot I thought I should fill. And then after that, I picked up bass and guitar and whatever, but that's not, that's not the point. That, that's, how I, that's how I started drums, was just filling a spot in my family. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at first I started off playing guitar um yeah and like i said before like rock band surprisingly it's like one of those major catalysts in like making me want to learn like how to play guitar and bass and all that 
Me too, um, honestly. I'm not going to lie. Playing rock band drums, it, it helped a lot. <laughs> Seriously. Thank you, rock band. Thank you, rock band, if you're hearing this. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, um, I went to this uh, uh, music academy. Well, academy in quotes. But it was like a small music school, um, Talento. Um, and this guy, Carlos, he was from uh, Cuba. And he was a really cool dude. And uh, that's how I learned how to play guitar from Talento. And um, yeah, the first couple bands I was ever in, I played bass. But this 7 on Pump 1 was like really the first time I was, I ever played like guitar in a full band. So that's the perfect spot for you. And you flourished, my friend. You Seriously. Flourished. <laughs> no, I, I'm not, you just so everybody knows songs. I'm not the best guitar player. I'm sure I'm sure you've heard oh, the EP. I'm more of like the rhythm guy, I'd say. But like the new stuff, I think like the stuff that Tristan's writing on this new project is really exciting. Like I think I like what Tristan's writing way more than the songs I've been writing. Like his, his so no nah, but in the end it's all of us we all contribute to the song and that's what's make that's what makes it special you know that is true uh anthony how'd you start on guitar i was pretty cool that. i was like i want to play guitar so i started playing guitar that, that's pretty much it. it um that's pretty much it yeah no i just wanted to play guitar um and i started off like just playing for fun and I loved, I actually loved singing. I would sing a lot growing up. Um, and guitar was just something that wasn't that serious. And then I wanted to get way better at it so I can join uh, a friend's band. And then, you know, after all that, it just, I just kept playing, started going to college for it. And just, I think I've, I've grown the most as a guitar player through this band, though. It's just been the, the funnest, the funnest thing. Anthony, I remember seeing you as a bassist in earlier oh, bands. Oh, yeah, so that's right. It's really I started cool off at bass. It's really bands. cool to watch you, uh, watch you transform. You've really turned into a really cool jazz guitarist. I've watched you, you know, take your lessons really seriously. It's been a cool you know, evolution. It's funny. I, my yearbook photo for senior yeah. year, I'm holding a bass in the photo, and I, oh <laughs> completely, I completely blew over the fact that I, I, oh, I, oh I my played God. bass. You know, I started off playing bass, it, like, as far as performing-wise, but the first the instrument <laughs> was a guitar, yeah. yeah. But bass is... If you play guitar, you should... You can play I, I never consider myself a bassist. I, I know bassists, and, like, if you're an actual, like, bassist, you're way better than what guitarist. this guitarist is doing on a four-string uh, instrument. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Someone mentioned that someone was a jazz guitarist. I actually, fun fact about myself, I was in jazz band up till college. So, Yo. depreciation. Hey, what did you, you play? Trumpet. Heck yeah. Nice. Stop. Yeah. I played trumpet in uh, middle school. That's where it's at. I think that's too far with that, but... Yeah. I was a tenor sax player. What? I was a drummer. <laughs> drummer. <laughs> well, you want you want to know something? John, John, um... What'd I do? He made it to, like, all-state finals or whatever. Oh, yeah. I, I was in, um... I was in all-county jazz all for county. Orange, and then I made 
alternates for Allstate. I yeah. competed in NISMA and all that fun stuff, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Classic. Classic NISMA. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, what's your favorite part of a song that you've written? Oh, God. Should we do individual, like, individual contributions? Yeah, I think individual. I think, like, we each pick our favorite parts of songs. But we have uh, to do songs released. Yeah, I was going to say, we should try to keep it to release songs just so that it five can songs. be released at the moment. So, uh, all right, Tristan, you start. I elect you. Uh, okay. Jeez, uh, you got to let me think a little bit. <laughs> all right, you can think on it. I, I really like the... I really like Tristan's solo on uh, the song "It's Okay." Your um, contribution. <laughs> Your contribution. my contribution. What do you, what do, you do? <laughs> Something you did. Okay. It's up to you guys. I I really like the solo that we came up with for Flux <laughs> in the studio. That was partially my contribution. Take it. Take it. Take That's it. good. Yeah. That's fair. I think. Uh, I even though I didn't technically join the band when the bass was being tracked, my favorite song that I wrote the bass lines for will always be Flux. If you hear it live ever, you'll hear the differences in the bass line. And I just think that it's such a cool song. It has such cool chord changes. So I think my bass line will probably be my favorite I part. Agree I agree for sure. I like the bridge and blur, personally. I think Ooh, the, uh, that's fun. the way we took like, the progressive aspect of that bridge, I'm, I'm really proud of. The best part about that EP is John tracked like all the songs in like one less than a time. Yeah, that was he did it in like one and a half hours. John it was like February ninth, I think, was the date, and then the EP didn't actually come out until months and months after. It was grueling. Yeah, John was the most efficient uh, in the whole recording process, I'd say. And and then after that, he was just sitting and watching us. Be <laughs> yeah, exactly. For months, and eventually, I was just like, "Yo, let's put tambourine or something in in this bridge." And I just started adding like shakers and stuff to fill my time. And it actually ended up sounding amazing. So I'm I'm pretty I'm happy with it. All he did while he waited was laugh at us. Was yeah, my tab tambourine was on fire. Yeah, you come up with yours, Tristan. Um, all I gotta say is like the whole recording process. I know it's a cop out, but <laughs> like just uh, collaborating, like even writing in the studio, that would like be the most ideal. But we were under not we weren't necessarily under like a time constraint. But um, I just gotta say just uh coming with stuff coming coming up with stuff on the fly yeah definitely just, uh, i agree with just, you. just to make yeah. different recordings there was special. a lot of times just like little like... things like john just said tambourine yeah i mean it's just we wrote a lot of harmonies in the other room while oh my you guys God, were yeah, we, we were yeah. just trying to yeah. come up with stuff while we were in the studio it's not, it was... i mean it's a different but, no, there was no. this accordion that was in the studio, and I really wanted to use it, and everybody told me no. It was understandably. Like, yeah, you have to learn how to practice restraint with that that idea. You want to throw in so much stuff. There was this Only like toy accordion, and it sounded so annoying. Yeah, <laughs> every... you get caught up trying to layer stuff in, but only like ten percent of it is actually worth putting in. Yeah. 
What was yeah. your favorite part of the studio process? Like the recording process? Probably the, some of the spontaneous, like some of the spontaneous creations we would come up with in the fly. Like John, you, was it John? Did you track the banjo on It's Okay? I did track the banjo on It's Okay. I remember if, that. Honestly, if you listen to It's Okay, yeah, you, won't, you only notice it once you take it out and then put it back in. It's uh, it's that's, that's it's very textual, but once you yeah. hear it, that was but that was great. Fun. It was great. I'm sure if we soloed out just the banjo take, you'd be like, "Oh, it's it's okay on the banjo." Like it was, it was cool. It added to it added to it. So. I think I mean my favorite part was the one day of doing all the drums. I just I like playing drums and recording them. It's, it's fun. I don't know. Well, no, no, what I liked, I liked how almost every single morning when we did a session, one of us brought a box of donuts. Oh, my God. The amount of donuts that we ate. So many donuts. No reason. I always eat carbs and sugar. For real, dude. Every single session. It was like, all right, who's getting the donuts this time? We had a rotation. (laughs) (laughs) Horrible idea. Amazing idea. (laughs) So I'm going to segue into a question that gonna help me through my quarantine um i've personally been listening to a lot of albums in full while i'm home Mm -hmm. so what music have you guys been listening to while stuck at home caleb that's a caleb question for sure am i oh i'm going first i already have spotify open i i I always go all over the place i'm so ready this this quarantine, I, I, I'm a big poptimist, and I like a lot of hip-hop and jazz. Okay. So my big albums have been, uh, I have Hiding Places by Billy Woods and Kenny Seagal. Uh, I got the new Charlie XCX album, which I don't have the title of in front of me. How I'm Feeling Now. Uh, and Purple Moonlight Pages by R.A.P. Ferriera. Those are my three albums. Damn, that was good. Anyone else? I, I actually have some, some albums too. Uh, do you know? Have you ever seen uh, that that uh, Japanese guitarist on Instagram, Ichika Nido? He he's like a he's like a virtuoso. He, well, his album uh, it's titled "I," like the letter "I." It's a it's a great EP. So I've been listening to that. Um, he has like very like cool lo-fi clean guitar tone going on and he's like and it's very math rocky too and he's he's virtuosic like his playing is insane um so i've been listening to that and there's this band that's that's uh, local to us uh they're called the blue chips i've been listening to uh their latest release illegal machine yes and i really love that whole album that's a great album and then Aside from that, I haven't really been going through albums. I've just been kind of going through like songs and genres and and going through like playlists and stuff. But yeah, I'd say that's yeah, that's what I've been listening to. I don't necessarily have albums. I more or less I listen to just bands as a whole, as a group. I'm actually I'm all over the place right now. I'm listening to a lot of Meshuga because sugar so much except i'm also listening to eminem i'm revisiting a lot of old eminem stuff just because why not uh other than that i'm also listening to polyphia a lot which is an odd three i know but it's that's what i've been that's what it's I've been. 
Deftones too, for sure. Deftones and Gojira a lot. Tristan, any albums on your end? Uh, I'm kind of in the same boat that John is. Like, I, I'm not like ne- less necessarily listening to specific albums, besides, unless if it's like on vinyl. You gotta yeah. Break out yeah. the vinyl player, <laughs> the record player every now and ad- now and again, and especially with the time we have right now, it's a nice thing to have. Is there a record um, that you've been pulling out of the sleeve lately that you want to shout out? Um, Any well, Beatles I, records, maybe? Well, hell yeah. <laughs> Any, any Actually, classic albums? Yeah, we yeah, have classic uh, albums. Hard Days classic Night. Hard Days um, Night. Great record. I got the Blue Album by uh, Weezer. Nice. Insomniac by Green Day. I mean, but those, those are just some I bought over the... Over like last summer probably, but um, cool. Yeah, I think I've bought more vinyl now than I ever yeah. have. Mm. Um, yeah. Some of my recent purchases include "Steady Glow" by In Her Own Words. Nice. Um, "Glue" by Boston Manor, and um, my latest purchase was "Holding Absences" self-titled. I think now's a good time to plug that. There's another Instagram account that we have called Tristan Holding Classic Albums. Uh, Caleb is the brains behind it. Uh, is now a good time for that? Now is yeah, the time? It is. <laughs> it's basically the same photo of Tristan holding a classic album, and we just Photoshop a different album in his hand. Uh, and it's a series. And it's something that we stopped doing, unfortunately. And I, I want to keep it going. Caleb. We haven't stopped it. When, when are we going to do another post? They're, and they're when, carefully the next album. They are carefully what's the next? What's the next? The, Tristan and his classic albums come when they are needed most. I have I found other photos from the same day of Tristan holding albums, and they're like different shots. So oh, I have no. to send them. We can't to have you. that. That's we not can... allowed. No, no, no. Okay, fine. It has fine. to be enhanced. The... It's a great account. There's only three posts on it right now. Uh, there as will we're be recording more. this. There will be. Yeah. Okay. Next you question. Should, you should check that. Out. Yeah. Let's let we can. Please. <laughs> um, what is your favorite album in your personal collection? Um, by personal collection, I mean you physically own it. Ooh, I like Ooh. that question. All right, I'm pulling out the vinyls. I'm ready. I can already <laughs> tell you mine. I don't even have to pull it out. It's sitting right there on the top. It's Mad Villainy by Mad Villain, MF Doom, and Mad Libs. Hip-hop cool. collaboration from 2004. Cool, cool, cool. I have to go check, actually. Wait, the question was, what was our favorite uh, physical, physical yeah. copy of music we have? Yeah. Um, I'd say I have a couple of records that I inherited from my parents. Um, That's cool. My dad has a, I mean, none of you people know I'm a Beatles fanatic. So I have a uh, Sgt. Pepper record on picture disc. Wow. that my dad had when he was young jeez um, that's incredible i did not know that actually that's sick that's cool i've got um i've got system of a down's first album their self-titled album that's probably my favorite only because i don't have a ton of vinyl because my player broke recently that's but that would probably be it. that's awesome um i my favorite is i have a um it's a limited edition Green Day vinyl 
and it's like transparent blue and it's them doing it's them playing warning live in tokyo and it's really great i love it it was actually it was a gift um and it's something that to this day i cherish because uh, i like it so I asked this question and it kind of leads to something I personally like talking about because I feel like vinyls had this huge uptick recently due to streaming services like Spotify. So what is your opinion of streaming services like Spotify? As far as making a living as a musician, the times have changed. Because you can you can make a business from selling a physical product because there's something a bit tangible with it. But with streaming services, the way that they have to distribute money and the way that uh, they they expose artists on it to essentially gain the streams that would allow them to get the money, it puts bands like us in a position in which, you know, we kind of have to follow, like, not that, well, not that there's anything wrong with, with like, serving the algorithm or anything like that, because Spotify in itself is a business. And... You know, bands like us, we have to be very active on Spotify in order to get on playlists and in order to fall correctly into the algorithm such that we're getting exposure that's conducive to growth as far as, like, an audience is concerned. So, I mean, it's it's good and it's bad. I, I Honestly, I can't even I can't even generate a clear thought on the subject, but... <clears throat> I wasn't expecting that question. Wow, that's that that was a very deep question. It went from icebreakers to like the music business really quick. They're, they're definitely they're definitely good in some areas. It's just that like there's a lot more of them coming out as time goes on. I mean, and the more of them that there are, the more there's just you know power struggles between them all, and it's just going to get oversaturated and confusing. And there's gonna we're gonna want to find another way out of it. I mean, I don't know what that could possibly be at the moment, but I mean, it's going to, it's going to change into something else eventually. Maybe not something completely different, but it has to, because it's going to be oversaturated. Yeah. I actually, think, I can no, finish Anthony, thought really quick. No, I think we're going <laughs> to install music players in our heads. And I think that's going to be the way we'll just have all the music in our head that we want. Get Elon Musk with Neuralink. Yeah, and they team up with yeah. Apple on their <laughs> link shuffle. <laughs> you know, because what you make from royalties for a stream or for a performance of your song is, you know, it's like, it's pennies. So you need a lot of them in order to generate a lot of money to sustain a living. Now, when you're in a band with four people, it's like you take, you take that money generated and divide it by four. You know, everybody now has to find another means of financial financial support and income which is fine you know there's other things that we can do to, in order to do that but if you look at a band like polyphia they're like one of the top metal bands right now right that band members in that band they they give like skype lessons for money i mean they they're open about it they're like yeah we don't we don't make that much money to sustain ourselves on tour or do streaming. all the members actually do lessons I know one of the guitarists definitely does. The one That's that has tattoos all over. Famous. All over. The drummer's very famous in the in the drumming community for sure. Yeah, I didn't know that. A lot of progressive bands like that they they like they'll sell tabs and other things like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 
I know Spotify is great for exposure, but not necessarily great in other facets and means. And I know a lot of it has to do with, um, it's kind of like a numbers game. I personally uh, don't think that people should be able to see how many monthly listeners an artist has. I think that should be private to the artist and management because I think it can negatively affect how people perceive. It skews how people view the artist for sure. Yeah. 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 You see someone without a ton, you're just like, oh, this looks like, you know, some indie whatever band. But, you know, it's you can't always look at it like that. What I like about Spotify is that everybody has it. So when we when we meet people or if we play gigs for people that do like us and want to stream us, they can do it very easily. So it Yeah, for it sure. allows us to just offer that to people that like us and are actually fans that much easier. So that's it's, that's it's where it's good. As far as means. as far as being the consumer and having the consumer experience, it's it's one hundred percent there, you know, for sure. Um, and it's on it's quite easy to uh to use as a as an artist as well. Like they do give you resources to to kind of be on top of it. But um, if it, unless if you're like big like Taylor Swift or like Bruno Mars or Ed Sheeran or whatever, like don't. Don't think you're going to be making a like a very very lavish living off of it, mm-hmm. you know. Even even they get their money from other sources, like not just concert that. tickets, and merch, yeah. live shows are are probably one of the biggest the ones. The merch the merch hustle's incredible, I'd imagine. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. I mean, merch and anything else that comes with branding yourself. Seriously, they well, charge Ed, upwards Ed of fifty dollars a shirt sometimes. You know, Ed, Ed Sheeran writes People songs for their artists, mm-hmm. so now. If you're in Ed Sheeran's position, you're making residual money from another artist actually doing work to to display your intellectual property, which is an yeah. awesome boat to be in. Seriously. Like, that's an awesome boat to be in. Like if you write if you write a song for Rihanna and Rihanna performs it, every concert she plays where she plays it, every radio station that plays it, every stream, every YouTube video that plays it, if it plays on Facebook, you know, any other platforms that do it, you know, public rights organizations they they keep track of that and they collect the money and they they give it to the artists. It's all credit based. Mm-hmm. It's all percentage based. So it makes you take a it makes you take a different approach to how you like express yourself as a band. Like you have like your fans need to be able to wear you on their sleeves and be proud of it. And you have to think about the way that you present yourself very differently nowadays. Most definitely. It's a very different um, outlook. For sure. Coming from a real uncle. Damn. Coming from a real uncle. Coming from a real uncle. If you could change one thing about the music industry as it is today, what would it be and why? Oh, man. It's not necessarily... Because, like, all the top 40 hits, like, a lot of them are written, like... What was this guy's name? Uh, Max Martin. Max Martin. Like, he was... He's, like, one of the guys who writes all of the top 40 hits he almost has as much as like uh lennon mccartney (laughs) and it's like i mean he definitely is talented and he deserves the money he gets but it's just uh you just i mean i just i'm not saying anybody has to question it but i question like how does i guess he was just ingrained in the industry and it's just i mean i'm not too knowledgeable on how to get into the industry i mean 
we're not in the industry yet, but <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I think I kind of get what if you're I saying. If I could change one thing about the music industry, I would increase artist payouts by yep. at least 500%. That is all. Literally, I, 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 just. I'm in with that. The streaming services are taking just a little too much. I understand that they're a business, but just I feel like the thousand plays getting you like four cents is not enough. Yeah, anything anything that helps people start up a bit. I mean, you want to. I just wish it wasn't so much based on luck. I mean, I don't know what one thing you could change to to achieve that, but like you just you got to be lucky, and that and that's kind of bogus. Unfortunately, I think, I think that unfortunately, you know, the market's always going to be the market and a lot of the changes in the the business of music from from being an artist has changed because of the the evolution of the technology, you know, like when vinyls were the Certainly. only medium through which or sorry, when vinyls were the most uh convenient medium through which you could obtain a piece of music and play it. You know, now you have something to sell, like bands. Or sell any physical copy. Any physical copy, because you can actually sell that. You you get all the materials and resources and labor you need in order to produce this product, and then you sell it for more than what it costs to do that, so you can generate profit and grow the business. I mean, that's the and the market is the market is the market, and I, it's gonna it's gonna keep changing. And like yes. Caleb kind of joked about it earlier, but if there's like. Neuralink and we have like just music <laughs> playing in our head it's going to change and it's it's always going to change and as far as making a living doing it sure like you can join a union but like you know yeah, you have to you have to pay union guys a certain amount of money and if you run a business you don't want to pay certain people a certain amount of money because it might not lead to your business growing because businesses are yeah. literally all about money this is true it's not about feelings it's not about yeah. dreams it's about it's about money i money. agree and i want to make my point short yeah. i feel like nowadays more than ever <clears throat> a big factor in the music industry if you want to make a living although the music at its core is always important i feel like it now goes beyond that and is now very oh, reliant on the brand that the artist is yeah. creating yeah, more image. so the brand than anything. Anything that would help it become more about the music and the music being good and resonate with people would be what I would change. I mean, that, I just, that's it. what it was about. It it was about you wrote something and it made someone feel something that they Straight up. want to relive. I think that's what it should be about. And the fact that it's not about that is what I would like to change, but I wouldn't even know where to begin. Yeah, like for instance, I mean, I was having like a conversation with somebody before and like if the ramones like the ramones i mean they're not like the best looking guys neither yeah are I, but neither are us, oh but, tristan you know, don't play yourself uh, short no but like any i don't think the ramones would have a chance in this in today's music industry because oh, no way. it's just it's yeah it's uh, yeah like it's about what caleb said it's about more like image and all that well, stuff. You so, gotta sell a brand now. But the Ramones definitely existed because of the 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 climate that that was going on then. 
it was like, like eight artists, bands. Yeah, like the punk movement. Yeah. I mean, they're influenced by what they're influenced by. Like the Beatles were the Beatles because they're influenced by Elvis and they're influenced by, you know. You can go stuff. back as far as possible, you know? Yeah. The Beatles Blade wouldn't Belly. be the Beatles without without the pop stars of that time influencing what they were doing. And that's that's the way it is now. I think we have we kind of have the technology to go as far back as, as we possibly can. Like I can listen to Baroque music on my computer right now. I don't have to attend a concert hall. I can get influence from anything I want. If it resonates, it resonates. And I think now, despite what popular music tends to look like, there's a very diverse range of like musicians and tastes and styles of music. Like you, you will 100% find it. You will find it. You'll find anything. There's, there's everything out there. There's crazy shit. I want to, to close this crazy tangent off with a rhetorical question to make it even more complicated. Do the pros of having accessible music and free accessible music and cheap accessible music outweigh the cons of the struggles that artists end up going through now nowadays more than ever? And that's where I'll leave it. I don't want an answer. I just want to throw that out to y'all. <laughs> very fair. So based on your answers, I'm assuming we're very close in age. Which is going to lead me to my <laughs> next comment. Um, <laughs> someone once told me that um, the reason streaming services became so popular was because everyone was illegally torrenting music. And it was a way to yeah. bring um, the music back to the artists. 100%. Hell yeah. I was six years old on LimeWire. LimeWire, Frostwire. Flawed way to do it for sure, but that's what it was for. It was. Think it was my mom was gonna give me money for uh for CDs for an Eminem CD? Hell no. Uh, YouTube no. to MP3, YouTube to MP3, <laughs> going on the pirate bay and downloading flax. That was yeah. No, I, I'm a horrible fan. I like I. I was horrible. Just, I will admit it. Yeah. Come, come get me, guy. I mean, I love all the bands that I listen to with all my heart, but I I do not treat them how I would like to be treated as an artist. <laughs> We're all we're all just hypocrites. That's what I it think is. That's and, and that's the, the response is... that like the music industry like gave. Like streaming yeah. services are now a thing, and now people streaming services money for were it. they were the only real way we could possibly fight the whole torrenting and downloading music kind of deal. It was the only way we could do it, but it just wasn't enough. Just the advent of of technology at the time just really, really dented the industry in that regard. Mm -hmm. Okay. So my next question for you was created by our PR director, Grace. So the question is, what is your opinion of releasing an artist's unreleased music after they've passed away? Should it be released or should it not? Mm. That's this up to, I think that's legally up to the, the heir of the, the property. Because intellectual property is property. And, you know, there there's property law. Like, what happens? Like, like when Anakin died, his lightsaber rightfully went to Luke. And then... This, when when yeah, Luke lost it, lost property becomes it belongs to whoever found it, and that that oatmeal raisin cookie face looking alien, she gave it to Ray. So lost property was obtained and legally possessed by we're not cookie uh, lady. Uh, cookie lady gave it to Ray with a gift, so now it belongs to Ray. It was Anakin, and now it's Ray legally. It's legally raised. Ray Skywalker is all connected. <laughs> right? Nah, I think it depends on who who the money is going to from said release. If it's going to some label, uh, it doesn't necessarily feel right. I think it should go to the person's family and, you know, 
other people who helped write it, that kind of thing, just people who are close to the artist. Yeah, I agree. There's a lot of situational variables when it comes to like yeah. posthumous releases. Um, I think exactly, yeah. sometimes it can be done tastefully. Mac Miller's new album was a very tastefully done execution by John Bryan, who had worked with on, him on the album before. Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. And then there's like uh, Lil Peep's music is being rampantly like combined with Fallout Boy and the new pop artists to make more like top 40 hits and it's really disheartening because that's probably not what he would have wanted remember exactly. the tupac yeah. remember the tupac hologram yeah tupac holograms another yeah. great example they, they took his whole image took his whole image yeah it sounds messed up on paper but in but execution I mean, the thing is, how bad is it it, it depends because if you look at it you're immortal like tupac <laughs> He's a hologram. Exactly. Yeah, and it's just, yeah. And Tristan knows something. I mean, as long as it's going to a good cause, if it's going, like, if the profits are going to the family, Tristan's been to Cuba. Or, I don't know, yeah. a charity of some sort, then I think it's. Because the artist's main, like, uh, goal, I'd assume, is to entertain. And. Yeah, you have a point. So, Caleb hit the nail on the head on why we asked this question. So, congrats on that. Um, hey, thank you. <laughs> I had this question compared to Kurt Cobain's journal. Ooh. And, uh, yeah. I don't know about y'all, but I think when I die, I want all the waves on my computer, regardless of how finished they were, to just be dropped to the public, just so it's it's there. At least it was done, you know. Yeah, I would. I mean, I would like for people to take what I have and do something with it. Like as I mean, I the, as far as the intellectual property goes and money or whatever. And at this level, how much money are we really talking about? You know, I at guess if we, were, yeah. if we were to assume that we like air quote made it and are making a lot of money, I would just want that the the money for such thing go to my my heirs, my children. Yeah, Your estate. Yeah, that makes sense. But as far as the legacy goes, hell yeah, for me personally. I feel like to, to use a musician as a hologram is to deny death, and it's against what humans should be doing, personally. True. So my next question for you is completely unrelated. Nice! <laughs> I <All> love right. it. <laughs> What's the weirdest or funniest question you've ever been asked in an interview before? I think this is our first interview. Oh, really? Oh, cute. I think, I think we, right. we, me and John did a Greenhouse Lake interview in Oneonta because John was filling in, and we got asked ask some weird questions. We? Okay. Yeah, I, I've, been in, I've participated in a number of interviews, but I think by far the weirdest, technically weirdest, would be coming from that Oneonta one where they asked us what our favorite cereal was. Yes. Don't know what that was quite. What there that was, was no more purpose. Okay, so since you told me the question, please answer it. God. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. <laughs> question. We don't need to argue. I have it right in my drawer right here. It was almost a unanimous decision, too, that it was Cinnamon Toast me, Crunch. So me, me and Tristan weren't at Oneonta. John and Caleb were doing Greenhouse Lake stuff. I can tell you the whole experience was something else. It was this public access show called the Mr. Phil Show. And Mr. Phil and his co-host, they are great people. They're swell people. All right. I, I personally like them. But the show was a very interesting experience. It was like, it was recorded on like 80s, um, 
cameras and I felt like I was on Tim and Eric or that another show on the Adult Swim. The uh, yeah, it was it was very. Oh, no, continue. Sorry. It was it was just yeah. Okay, so we have a question that follows this one. Um, so this was asked at our freshman orientation, way back. (laughs) Um, the question is, if you can be any item in the kitchen, what would you be and why? Ooh. He sounded so excited for this question. <laughs> Ooh. Tristan, be, Tristan would be a can of seltzer. That's not a kitchen appliance. Item. Wait, uh, are any we... item in the kitchen. Any item. Tristan, do you keep seltzer in your kitchen? Uh, you don't need I'm to answer on. that. Of course it's a yes. Uh, no, uh, no, no, no. Pizza cutter. Easy. Okay, tell me why. I just think it's the most superior instrument. <laughs> I think it's the most useful. I think it's just the most innovative and genius thing that could come out of a kitchen utensil. So I, that's why I would choose to be a pizza cutter. Oh, this is hard. That's right. No one's got any other answers now. That's a hard question. I win. I had an idea for uh, a kitchen invention. Invention. Like, uh, you know how, like, you use your fork <laughs> to cut things? You try to use the side of the fork to cut, like, things that you're eating. Oh. If you already, don't have a already genius. Already genius. So what you have to do is you have to take the side of the fork and put a knife on it. Okay. Like, one of the spikes <laughs> on the fork. Right, I'm with it. You have a knife fork. Do you know how I got these scars? No, fork knife. I'm with it. So you instead of fork knife, it's fork knife. Okay. Kill now. <laughs> I will give you seeds. I love Fortnite. <laughs> um, if I were a kitchen utensil or item, I would be the spork that you brought home from Taco Bell, because I'm not always yes! gonna be there, but when I am, I'm really useful. That's that was right. good. That was so good. <laughs> that was You're welcome. Go. Fun, fun questions. You're genius. Did everyone answer the question? I have nothing. <laughs> I have absolutely nothing. Um, You're the stove. You are the stove. You just burn everything you touch. No, I'm. I, hold on. I'm the clock on the stove. You have no idea how badly you really need me until I'm gone. Fair. Yeah. And you're always off all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Never the right answer. Ever. Ever. <laughs> Yep. Ever, He's ever. running overtime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're the clock on the stove. Yeah. I agree. So Alrighty. please correct me if I'm wrong for this next part. Are you all in school? I think so. I think in between semesters, so. yeah. obviously, we're all going to school. Okay. Yeah. We're actually all technically attending the same college. Yeah. I guess for the first time. I mean, it it depends on what's going to happen for this. If it's going to be an online hey, semester or not, just depending yeah. if I'm going to be going to school. But I will be in the town, so I'll be I'll be there. Yeah, we all yep. pretty much attend uh, New Paltz okay. College, New York. Um, John is just getting in at the worst time ever. I don't know Yo. how your orientation is going to look, bro. Class of it's going to be horrible. Yeah, very yeah. excited. Yeah, John actually, John graduated from high school quite recently. Oh wow! 
I yeah. did. This past January was my high school so, graduation. Not only does he play the most instruments, but he's also the youngest one in the band, and he's an uncle. And I'm an uncle. The thing is, we were supposed to graduate. <clears throat> yeah. Excuse me. Um, but uh, I took a skip year. Okay. And I graduated high school in 2016, and so did Anthony. Damn. What about you, Caleb? I graduated high school in 2015, and Damn. I graduated from SUNY Orange in 20, uh, in spring of 2018. So I've been on and off at New Paltz since then. Yeah. Now the question is, do you mind if I ask majors? Or if you're undecided, undecided. Yeah. I just switched yeah. from guitar to graphic design. Undecided. Yeah, I was undecided for the longest time. I probably still am. But uh, I've been taking some uh, computer science classes. That's cool. Just um, like a little side thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm a music major, and I was a music major at Oc. But I'm, I am considering changing. I mean, we talked about the music business and money, and I don't want to be... I don't want to be broke. So, Fair. That's exactly why I left. I, I, the most fun that I have with music is honestly with this band and this group of fine gentlemen right here. And uh, I like oh. playing jazz. I like doing music and stuff at school. But, you know, I feel like I can have what I have with this band and, and enjoy it and still get better at my instrument on my own while I pursue something that's not going to put me in a really bad financial position in five to ten years. Speaking of schooling, um, I don't know if Anthony told you, um, my school is pretty well known for being uh, the exterior of horror screen prep school from the movie School of Rock. Oh, I didn't wow. know that at all. Sweet I had Christ. no idea. I just thought it was Staten That's Island. Cool. With That's School exactly. of Rock? Yes. I was in a uh, play of School of Rock. I was a <laughs> drummer. I was Freddy. My older brother was uh, Jack Black. Yeah, you look like a Freddy. Your older brother's Jack Black. And he is, that is, he true is Jack Black. It worked out very well. It was actually extremely fun. That's crazy. I have this, uh, the DVD in my drawer right now. Of me. <laughs> so that iconic building that you see where uh, Jack Black's in the van pulling up to the school, that's where I have class. That is so cool. That's awesome. Is it? Do you feel his presence there? <laughs> You feel the presence of a legend? Honestly, I would hope so. Most of the time you forget because it's funny. Oh. And the reason I bring this up is because where I'm from, I'm also from Staten Island. Um, there is no music scene here. Like, wow. At all. Really? At all? There's like two That's bands a shame. that I know of. And that is a shame. Yeah, it's upsetting. Come to New Paltz. Yeah. Paul, Sony Anta, um, I think Kingston has some stuff going on. Sony like, is dying down after this spring, especially because of COVID. Is it so, because Dad Shack isn't doing what it's doing? Dad Shack's not doing it. Maybe Dad Shack's a not venue. Doing it. Thank um, you. Oh, well, I don't even think was nothing it? else. There's not many sure. more venues left. Yeah, They're pretty much just them to begin with. New Pulse is pretty alive, though. I would say. I, I figured the city has a music scene. They knew it. Like I, I mean, we played, we played a couple gigs in Manhattan. Yeah, maybe Manhattan. I was gonna say, um, Staten yeah. Island, not, not so much. Yeah, that is not yeah. Staten Island, unfortunately. Damn. That's a shame. Dang. Well, you know what's funny that you bring that up. Um, 
you you found us through uh quadio yes i did so quadio yeah so i remember that <laughs> quadio thing i told you guys about and i was like hey there's this thing it's new i'm gonna put our music on it okay and then i did it and then she messaged me amazing um, so quadio i think did its job in this instance so that's pretty cool um that's excellent so far it's a it's a really great app I normally go through Spotify for hours and try to find artists who I think are music's relatable and I like composition and production quality in what I listen to. So um, if it sounds... Nice. I get it, boys. <laughs> so the way it sounds... Sometimes, like the song. Yeah, Jeremy Steen. Shout out. Jeremy Shout out. Steen. I asked him if he wanted to be a part of this. He said no. He oh. said, why would I be a part of it? Typical Jeremy response. That's funny. I, I told him he's the front man of the band, and he has to stop not showing up to these things. Seriously. <laughs> like he's the exact opposite. It's a... That's funny as hell. Yeah. So, yeah, audio was great in that regard. Um, I didn't know what to expect when I joined the platform but it's been pretty interesting. My next question for you is, describe your sound in three words. You can each do three words or a collective. Uh, Let's do each. Each, oh. yeah. <laughs> if you want to do four words, then you can each do one. Oh, uh, that would be, that would be good. Okay. Sure. Uh, we'll have to connect our lines together. We'll have to work together, team. I have oh. four words and it's actually just a joke. I think I know what the joke is. God. Yeah. Go ahead, Anthony. They seven on pump one, I bet. That's the four words. He muted himself. I'm afraid. That's good. <laughs> okay, does someone else want to go first? Uh, I, I pick rock. <laughs> That's a great start. That means I win. That means I win. Um, Damn. Good luck, everyone else. All right. Um, I have mine. It's I'm a drifter and I'm a drifter and yeah. Yeah, if you really want to sum up our sound, I guess you could just listen to Driftwood, our single. Yeah. But we do have more music than that. This interview. I don't know. Anthony just told me to talk about that song to be prepared for this interview, so I'm <laughs> I just ready said, to talk about I just said, be prepared to talk about Driftwood. I am prepared to talk about Driftwood. Okay, so talk about Driftwood. <laughs> Alright. Um, Driftwood is kind of a unique song in the fact that <laughs> Yeah, I knew you were going to laugh, John. Unique. It's unique in that it's very much uh, the influences of the band written on our sleeves just through Anthony sappy heartbreak lyrics. So <laughs> it's 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 unique in that it's not unique is my point. Okay. And I agree. It's I just agree. A staple and it always works at the shows and people know the song. It's it's awesome. Yeah. It definitely works at the shows. So my last question for you is what would your goals be for 2020? You can do the year of 2020 or the decade of 2020 because the year is kind Let's of a decade. Okay. Yeah, I, I feel like the decade is a little more promising because this year has nothing left for us given the circumstances. Oh yeah, for the not, band, I, for the band, or for ourselves. The band. I okay. I would hope the band. That's well, I, I have a lot going on. 
I ha I have room for I have enough I have enough open dreams yeah, I, for everything. Same. I, but let's talk about the band because that's one of my hopes and dreams. Um, I think I would like. I, this. What, what's what do you? Heard? I was gonna say just the eighteen songs that we have to put out is just just, just get them out. That's that's my hope. Yeah, yeah I, want, I want I want those out. I definitely that we want, managed to even do yeah. it. I want the eighteen songs out. I want the the two music videos that we have to make to be done and out. Um, I'd like to maybe get featured in another film because we did that once and it was quite fun. That was a blast. Um, I'm okay with not doing that ever again. But I mean, <laughs> it depends on the film. I'll be a zombie we, again. Yeah, we we were we were extras. Yeah, so we we were extras in an indie zombie film. It was made, fun, but made by these guys. They're called Pop Films, and it's called Dead County. And they came to one of our bar gigs, and the guy um, who does a lot of the filming and and uh, editing, Christian, awesome guy. I love Christian. Uh, he heard us at the bar, and he's like, "Yo, Everett, Everett's the other guy. He's the other partner. Listen to these guys." So they both listened to us, and they reached out to us, and they're just like, "Hey, we want you to like play as extras in our movie, and we also want to use one of your songs in our movie." So that's what happened. Our song "Room Service" is in the opening scene. The movie's not out yet, and then we're actually playing as zombies in it. So we're kind of Easter eggs in it. So that was. I thought so it was we would really like fun. to do that again. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be fine with doing something similar to that again. But, oh, you know. oh, and we were supposed to open for Alien Ant Farm yesterday, and that that's got right. pushed out till December. I want to continue to play gigs like that where we can open that for bands like Alien Ant yeah. Farm. Yeah. Maybe not quite. I want not that quite. to be a thing. I want that to be a thing. Yeah, not quite as not quite Alien Ant Farm, but we're getting there. That's like the line. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the line. So I guess we'll just kind of wrap this up because it's been a very long time and I really don't want to keep you guys. Sure. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no problem. Thank you again for doing this. It was a lot of fun. Um, lots of conversation. I appreciate that. Yep. And yeah, thanks again. And Thanks for having us. Okay. Thanks for having us. Thank yeah. you. Okay. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your well, evening. All right. You too. You too. Yeah, you too. Stay safe. Okay. Good night. Bye-bye. Bye. Good night. Bye. Bye. Bye.